This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ensure your next purchase is a real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear and jewellery from eBay, backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. Do we get like a little floor plan or like even like a pencil sketch of what her current setup um, might look like? (laughs) Dimension? Um, (laughs) Not really. I would say to just think small. You're listening to Dinner SOS, a new show from Bon Appetit where we help our listeners solve their dinner emergencies. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Here's how the show works. Each week, one listener brings us a dinner problem, and I'll try to work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. No problem is too big or too small. And this week, our listener Sam called in looking for help baking a complex project in her tiny kitchen. Luckily, Hannah Asbrink, Bon Appetit's deputy food editor, is on the case. We'll each give Sam a recipe, but she can only choose one. It's like a party. (sighs) It's a party coming out of your oven. Two solutions, but our caller only needs one. That's this week on Dinner SOS. First up, we hear from Sam. Sam, hi, this is Chris Morocco. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I just wanted to hear from you, you know, in your own words, what what are you looking at? So I my my biggest tribulation in the kitchen right now is honestly space in conjunction with me just having a lot of big dreams and big ideas of what I want to create. I just I Mm. I'm looking for kind of like a maybe simplified, less dishes, anything that can still give me a, a really like complex advanced meal without having my my space in utter chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Um, well, tell me, where are you located? I am right outside of Washington, D.C. in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. So describe your kitchen to me. Like, what is the setup that, that's feeling kind of cramped right now? Um, I have, like, pretty much one small strip of counter space next to my sink. It's just like a galley kitchen um so it's my prep space is very small and i do have like a dining room table that's also extremely small that i do some prep work on but um it's a little bit farther away from the kitchen so it's like there's a lot of um i don't know movement and it just Mm. it's like a tornado every time i i start a project i love to cook for people i i love to throw dinner parties and i have in my tiny kitchen it's been successful to a point but the mess just like overwhelms me a little bit um and i'm i've gotten to the point where i just want to feed the people i love you know Mm. um Mm -hmm. and yeah kind of show off a little bit (laughs) hey i mean (laughs) nothing wrong with that as long as you know you're not putting like crazy amounts of pressure on yourself yeah yeah talk to me about like the kinds of stuff that you enjoy cooking whether it's day-to-day or for a crowd like 
you know, t- talk to me about sort of culinary you. Yeah. Um, so I definitely bake a lot. I've been getting into bread, which is really exciting. Um, and, and tell me about that. Like, are you doing sourdough or are yes. you doing yeast and stuff? So I'm doing sourdough mainly. Um, I have been doing hala, focaccia, just like any bread that I've had, I'm trying to make. But sourdough is kind of my sweet spot right now. And I've I'm starting to figure it out and like just beyond um, baking, just anything that I've had before, like at a restaurant, I really like figuring that kind of stuff out. Um, So kind of like themed dinners, like culturally themed dinners, I do Uh a lot. Um, And I'm interested in finding the bread (laughs) to go with that because there's always a bread. There's always a bread. always bread. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's so smart. So, wow. Okay. Talk to me just a little bit more um, in detail. Like, what's in your fridge door right now? What's in your pantry? What are the things you can't cook without? Oh, man. Salt. Flaky salt. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. You're like my new favorite <laughs> home cook because everybody else is like, oh, well, I got this. I've got this spatula and there's this sauce. And it's like, no, salt. salt always. Literally salt. Like, I, the, the Malden salt, I, they need to sponsor my life, honestly. Um, yeah. Uh, like good olive oil. I'm I'm very into like finding any kind of olive oil or vinegar or something that I can like switch in, you know, to a lot mm. of stuff that I've made a lot of times and just kind of like tweaking it and seeing how it tastes different with a little bit of a different like baseline ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, listen, I think, you know, hats off for being a sourdough enthusiast, you know, <laughs> like everybody else, uh, seemingly in America, if not around the world. I delved into sourdough uh, during quarantine and then promptly dipped right back out again. Uh, yeah. And, you know, even though I'm safe to say I have a little bit more kitchen space than you do, um, honestly, like you, you throw a couple kids, a cat, um, you know, piles of like random nonsense on the mm-hmm. counter that's not yours. And then mm-hmm. you start breaking out the flour and the yeast and things mm-hmm. get crazy. Suddenly yeah. you go from having, you know, a, a 500 square foot kitchen to like, yeah. it feels a lot closer to like maybe a hundred, yeah. even 50. Yeah. Um. Suddenly you're like working out of the corner, you know, really questioning some of the choices you've made in life. So yes. um, that is I'm, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not that far um, you know, outside the the kind of mindset you yeah. do of just like, yeah. how do you kind of like empower yourself to see the potential in the resources you have rather yeah. than, you know, all the roadblocks? Yeah. Um, so listen, Sam, um, you know, I feel like I have a little bit of a sense of what you've got to work with here. And I want to come back to you. I'm going to think about who on staff could be a great resource to bring into this conversation. Um And we're going to come back to you with a couple of recipes that I think could showcase perhaps the kind of cooking that I think you're capable of doing, okay? Okay, I'm so pumped. (laughs) This is a really fun conversation. Honestly, you couldn't tell because my camera's off, but like I was like weeping tears of joy when you were talking about vinegar. Nobody else (laughs) thinks about poor old vinegar. Right. It's vinegar's time to shine. (laughs) I I am so with you. Yeah. Their PR needs to like... Get on it. (laughs) Yeah, vinegar board. Where are you at? For real. (laughs) So, all right, we're going to be in touch, okay? I appreciate this, Sam. Thank you so much. 
After I spoke with Sam, I called up Hannah Asbrink. Hannah is the deputy food editor here, which means she manages half of the food department staff and oversees all digital recipe development. She spends a lot of time thinking about how to make our recipe content relevant and accessible to a wide range of home cooks. Plus, she's also worked in professional kitchens. And it made me think of you just as somebody who knows just how little room professional cooks have to do what they need to do. And even like ABC Kitchen, like that service kitchen, you know, like on the upper floor, you know what I'm talking about? Like that tiny space, like could you even fit more than two people in there? No, you can't even, you know, extend your arms in both directions without really touching someone else. So it's tight quarters. So that's why I thought she'd be the perfect person to tackle Sam's small space, big dreams conundrum. Now, ultimately, I want to give Sam a couple recipes that maybe would allow her to kind of think a little bit more like a chef, right? In terms of like how to get organized, how to get dialed in, in terms of like executing kind of multi-element food or more ambitious baking, But I also want to give her some strategies. Like, I want to give her a sense of, like, how she can organize herself, how she can organize her space, how she can literally, like, store her flour smarter. You know what I mean? Like, all of those things, big and small. What can we give her? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I would say just think small. You know, like, think like a small, cramped galley kitchen designed by somebody who probably doesn't cook anything other than like grilled cheese or something. Yeah. I mean, I've lived in plenty of apartments with tiny little spaces that they call kitchens. I mean, that's like every New York kitchen. (laughs) Totally. When she described her space, I was like, well, she obviously lives in New York City. And then she mentioned she was in Virginia. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, why would anybody anywhere else have to put up with a sad galley kitchen with like, it sounds like counter space. Is a yeah. big issue for her. Yeah, I feel confident that we can help. I'm gonna think towards like Tokyo-sized kitchens <laughs> for some inspiration. <laughs> cool. That's great. Work with that. Awesome. Hannah's talk of tiny kitchens got my wheels turning, so she and I went down to the studio and called Sam back to share our ideas. Hi, Sam. Hi, Hannah. Nice to virtually meet you. Yes, same. It's so nice to chat. Sam, so Hannah did some thinking, I did some thinking, and we wanted to both propose a recipe to you. But in your case, see, what's interesting about, you know, your issue is that it's not just kind of what can be contained neatly within, you know, a recipe page online or otherwise, at least as far as I think of the issue. And And I'm curious to just kind of hear Hannah's perspective because she's somebody, you know, who worked in in a professional kitchen, you know, with like severe space constraints. Yes, I feel like, you know, obviously space, while very real, you can really execute so many things in just a small sliver of space (laughs) with just a little bit of smart thinking. Yeah, totally. I I love this perspective. It's it's interesting because like sometimes I do feel like I'm like in a galley just like 
Right. You know, like it's getting hot in there. And like, if I have like a, a sous chef, like me and my best friend love to cook together. We're like, you know, behind like, yes, <laughs> like, yes, chef kind of vibes. <laughs> like it's fun. It's like the energy, but like it turns, it can turn into chaos real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like what I would kind of challenge you to do, like irrespective of the recipes that we put forth for you, right, is just thinking a little bit more like a chef, okay? And what I mean is stuff that's like really basic, right? It's like, this is like kind of like first day of basketball practice where you just like your coach goes over like for like an hour, like how to tie your laces so that they don't come untied, you know, but it's important, right? Hannah, do you do stuff like that at home? Or is like home just like, well, you know what? My spice drawer looks like a nightmare and that's just how it is. I mean, yes, also that. <laughs> but I do think there are definitely um, tips for us to share. Like we take so many things for granted, right? So all of the things that you just mentioned, but even like keeping, um, you know, your salt and pepper and maybe uh, an olive oil or vegetable out on a small tray and you're just decanting as you need to. So what is that equivalent uh, for a baker, a bread baker specifically, like having a little bench flour and mm -hmm. then a larger, like containers of bread flour and AP flour kind of more at the ready, right? Yeah, that's like really, I, I didn't think about, I, I, I have my flowers, like all my kinds of flowers in big jars because that, oh, that's good. I, good. I learned that one quick because yeah. like anytime oh, yeah. I opened the bag, it was like instant mess. Like poof. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And spices, that is a good call. Because, like, I start to put stuff away, like, in the midst of a project. And then I lose it. And then it never ends up back to where, it, like, maybe the most convenient spot is. But, like, mm -hmm. I think maybe slowing down and, like, being, like, where is the most convenient space to grab this? And, like, what container would make it more convenient is, like, a really smart way to look at it. And may I offer one piece of very practical kitchen advice? Um, Please. Obviously, yes. take it or leave it. But the tip that's like just landed with me and stuck with me through all these years, regardless of your kitchen size or shape, whether it's like a straight galley or like a U shape or, you know, uh, like an L shape. If you think of the kitchen work triangle, the fridge, the cooktop, and your sink, it's like those three points, that's where everything happens. And being like economical in your movements is key to recipe execution success and just being efficient in any space, but especially a small space. Um, so if there are ways that you can like look at your kitchen space and just shift things around on that like triangle point to, you know, make things easier to grab, easier to clean. Um, you, and you might just make some small changes to your small space that will make like a huge impact in your um, overall processes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Like yeah, that's I, such good I'm already like, I'm already mapping out my kitchen in my head. I'm like, even just put it like pen to paper that might help. And like, think of all the different ways you can reconfigure because some things are fixed. Like you're not going to move your fridge around, but you can move your body around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, great point. You know, chefs have been figuring out smarter ways to do more with less for like time, you know, immemorial. And so, you know, I think like some amount of that knowledge, however much seems comfortable to you, however much seems yeah. achievable to you without going crazy and like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yes, chefing your friend, you know, unless you yeah. just sort of feel like it because it's your your night to kind of binge watch the bear or whatever, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, take away what what you will from that, but don't feel like 
your physical space is necessarily, by definition, a limitation. And with that, um, (laughs) Hannah, do you want to tell Sam about the recipe you were thinking about? Yeah. So, I mean, given your interest in bread and baking, this recipe came to my mind immediately for both its challenge level, because in my mind, bread bakers, they're like in a class um, unto themselves, really. I mean, it takes a real level and uh, appreciation for precision, timing, all of that good stuff. Um, But I thought I would veer a little bit left um, and go with a giant cardamom bun. I'm not sure if you've seen this on our site, but She's a stunner, and I oh, feel I've like seen her. I have you, you, seen oh, you know her. it. Yes, okay, okay. yes. I have like I have. I've had that pinned on Pinterest. Yeah. For okay. Some time. Oh, yes. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like it. It is a high effort, but it is high reward. Um, it's a yeasted dough, but it kind of blends the best of like bread baking and um, you know pastry, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a really yeah. gorgeous, stunning, like statement making final outcome. So. Um, effectively can be done in like a day. So in that sense, it's like faster rewards than Mm -hmm. maybe um, a sourdough, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still work. And um, I feel like, you know, with the holidays, you might want to think about, you know, some, you know, group friendly hangs and and sweets. So I thought that might be fun and festive. Yes, that is so exciting. I'm I'm so in. (laughs) Oh, yay. Okay. Have you eaten many buns like Swedish style or, you know, Danish style pastry I before? have. That is, if I see something like that in a pastry shop, that's like yeah. my go-to, like any kind of bunny bready thing <laughs> rather than like croissanty, you know, yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that sounds really exciting. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. And I thought, you know, I didn't want to take you too far away from your bread zone. And then who knows, maybe you can even develop like a sourdough version of this as oh, like oh, an wow. intermediate 2.0. Wow. We'll talk about my that's a wheels are episode. turning. Go oh, good, good. Okay. Well, I just want to like inspire and um, motivate, I guess. But I feel like you can kill this. For anybody who's not familiar with this style of bun, Hannah, I'm about to like absolutely annihilate the pronunciation of this. Cardamom <laughs> buller. Oh, yeah. Cardamom bullet. Thank you. Uh, what a, <laughs> Very close. Very As promised. Um, yeah. Um, we'll just keep moving here. But, you know, it's a style <laughs> of bun that's like this un- enriched dough. And in the original, it's like a small format bun, you know, meant to serve one. And what was so smart about Kelly Janke's approach to that large format bun is it takes that step out of it. There's still a little bit of like a twist in there. But it's way more achievable. Literal twist. Literal <laughs> twist. Yes. Literal <laughs> twist. Um so, all right, if you're not necessarily a croissant person, I don't know if that this is, like, <laughs> going to be the one for you. But my—so this is the recipe I wanted to put forth. And this is Bill Clark's Coco Brioche Morning Bun that was published on Epicurious, our sister brand's website. It's like a laminated enriched dough. There's a little bit of assembly. There's a little bit of steppiness. There's a fair amount of cocoa powder in this. And then there's like, I think there's pieces of chocolate, you know, kind of in some of the the layers. Um, really, really, really nice. And the, the caveat I was going to give to go along with this recipe is to the extent that you feel comfortable, think like a chef, you know, and really get yourself like fully set up to take best mm. advantage of your space and the resources you have. Um, Because the thing that you 
can't, you know, just sort of like gloss over is your own knowledge and your own ability and the fact that you want to try. And I think like that's the coolest thing of all, because a lot of people are just like, well, if I see the cardamombula in a shop, I'll I'll grab one. (laughs) But other than that, like I'm out, you know, and and the fact that like we're even having this conversation because like this is something that's like achievable because I know it is for you is kind of awesome. Wow. I I mean, thank you for believing in me first of all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds like incredible, both of them. I, I haven't tried any kind of like lamination that I can mm. think of. Oh, okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe very yeah. but but like I don't know, like pushing myself is important in this space. And honestly, both sound so cool. Like I'm just getting so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to leave that with you. You know, you think about what you want to undertake. And, um, you know, whatever you do, um, we will check back with you and see how it went. Okay. Yay. Sounds amazing. Thank you guys so much. So we sent Sam both recipes. My choice, the cocoa brioche morning buns. And Hannah's choice, the giant cardamom bun. And then she got to baking. After the break, we'll hear which recipe she picked and how it went. Hi there, I'm Deb Perlman, creator and mastermind behind Smitten Kitchen and the author of three cookbooks. And I'm Kenji Lopez-Alt. You might know me from Serious Eats, The Food Lab, and The Walk. We're both professional home cooks, which means that we create and test recipes, obsessing over them until they're just right. And on our new podcast, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb, we'll share our techniques and ingredients so that you can learn everything you need to create your own perfect recipes. From Radiotopia, from PRX. It's The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Out now on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Right, Hannah, we are back together Hi, here in Chris. the studio. Yes, it's so nice to be here. Um, we are <laughs> here to talk about Sam. We spoke with Sam a couple of weeks ago. Right. We gave her a couple of options for things to bake. And I so I presented the Coco Brioche morning bun from yep. Bill Clark and you I presented the giant cardamom bun. Yes. And apparently Sam baked something cuz we're back. I am so excited to hear what she baked and how it went. If you had to guess and again like Competition, you know, is like a low priority in this show. But I mean, like, there are two choices and one choice has to be made, right? So what would you guess? What do you think? Obviously the bun. It's like a party. (sighs) It's a party coming out of your oven. (sighs) 
I feel like, and this is this is like me ever the optimist, okay? Even on a gray, rainy New York day, I feel like this is going to be like the Great British Bake Off when like nobody goes home and Sam like baked it all. And maybe that's like a completely unrealistic whoa, expectation whoa, to whoa. have. No, I know. It's like that's coming in hot. Like I'm set up for like potential major disappointment here. But I feel like I don't know. I just oh want to I want to believe that we're living in a world where like nobody has to go home. Okay. Anywho. All right. Um <laughs> I'm ready to find out what Sam baked. Uh let's see. Hello, hello. It's Sam reporting to you live from my very small kitchen in Arlington, Virginia. Today, I am embarking on the journey of making the giant cardamom bun. Yes! Somebody's going home. (laughs) Not me! (laughs) Hugs goodbye. Um, (laughs) So, Sam picked Hannah's recipe choice. Like I always say, it's not a competition, especially if I lose. Hmm. We're going to hear more from Sam in just a second. But first, Hannah's going to explain how the recipe she suggested, Kelly Janke's giant cardamom bun, is made. The first step is making the dough. You'll need a standing mixer with a hook for this. And the process involves combining a warm milk mixture with egg, unsalted butter, salt, cardamom, sugar, and flour, then mixing it for 12 to 14 minutes. Once it's ready, you'll cover and let it chill for at least two hours. Next, filling and assembly. You'll roll out the dough and brush it with butter, then sprinkle a mixture of cardamom sugar on top. Then you'll roll the dough into a log, pinching at the seams to seal it. You're going to let the log chill, then cut it lengthwise and braid it, joining the ends together to form a ring. After this step, it'll need to sit for a couple of hours as it grows. Then you'll get to bake it. You're going to preheat the oven to 425, and before putting it in the oven, brush the bun with an egg wash and sprinkle it with more cardamom and sugar. Then you'll bake it for five minutes, reducing the heat to 350, and continuing to bake it for about 25 to 30 minutes more until it's deep golden brown. Remove it and coat it with a syrup made from brown sugar and vanilla extract. Let the bun cool for at least 10 minutes more. Serve warm or at room temperature. After the big reveal, we got Sam back on the line to find out how baking the cardamom bun and navigating her galley kitchen went. Yeah, um, the kind of all in all was that it went very well. I I went in very optimistic. I also took my time, mm. which that's not always the case when I'm cooking, but I, I allowed myself to kind of just give myself the time to practice what I was trying to put into action. So I set up my station. I printed out the recipe, yes. which oh, I think is that's crucial. Great. Yes. Um, no one has a printer anymore, but I went to my local library, shout out to the local library, um, and printed the physical um, recipe out, and that was very helpful. So, but yeah, it was delicious. It was perfect. Like, I mean, perfect is a strong word, but it tasted phenomenal. So I, I was very pleased. Was there anything (laughs) you did differently about the process itself? You know, like in terms of like how you set your space up or was it really just like devoting the time rather than like having it be like a stress baking exercise? What made a difference, if anything? I really did like 
I rearranged my kitchen like 100%. Wow. I, I set up my station that I knew I was going to be doing most of the, the handiwork. Mm-hmm. Just I organized it well going into mm-hmm. it. And I thought about what I was going to need I- in each step. So I, I made it make sense to me. And the flow and just the cleanup went so much smoother than usual. I kind of just laid everything out and made enough space to keep everything out that I knew I would need more than once. What I really appreciate, Sam, is like the lengths you went to to like get yourself prepared. Like get in the game. Like mentally, the smallest things make such a big difference, like printing the recipe. I know like this is like, you know, the Luddite in the room speaking, you know, (laughs) okay, in fairness. But um, I mean, I think there's a reason that we pass down recipe books within families and not like hard drives. You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, I just love that. In my brain, you were wearing like really sensible clogs, entirely appropriate for the kitchen, you were juiced and ready to go. Yeah, or I mean, or fuzzy socks. Or fuzzy socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wearing fuzzy socks because it was very chilly all of a mm-hmm. sudden yes. in Virginia. Uh, but, and some croc slip-ons. Not yeah. the actual croc clogs, but like slides. Okay. So you, you were close. Nice. Yeah, no, we see, we see you. We, <laughs> oh, already, sure. we see you in yes. there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, there's a few technical things about this recipe. I'm just pulling it up to look at it now. Um, and... Like, you're enriching the dough, right? So, like, this is a leavened yeasted dough that you are then working butter into in sort of, like, subsequent additions or all at once. I think it's maybe all at once here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, kind of like a cinnamon bun, like, covering this flattened dough um, with butter and then rolling it and then cutting it lengthwise rather than into rolls, which got a little messy um wasn't beautiful but (laughs) so we actually have a voice memo from sam from immediately post assembly let's give it a listen okay uh checking in post braid situation um didn't go like super smooth but that's okay i'm sure it's gonna taste great it's just not the cutest bun i've ever seen the only thing that hung me up was my lack of braiding skills so I will check back in once it is out of the oven and ready to be shared with my people. How was that for you? And did that represent a new skill? And for for anybody, you know, who doesn't have the recipe in front of you uh, on the off chance. um, So, like, basically think of exactly as Sam stated. So you have, like, this kind of, like, cardamom and sugar mixture um, you know, spread across like the breadth of the dough after it's been rolled out, you then roll it like, you know, kind of into a log, like into like a coil. But instead of slicing across the log to yield individual smaller buns, you're slicing it lengthwise. And and you're saying that got a little bit squirrely. Yes. Squirrely is perfect. <laughs> um I was like, wow, I'm doing really good. I was twisting it and I was like, this is looking great. And then where it met, um, I just kind of was like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. And I was like, this is not working out. Like they weren't like meeting perfectly. And then in the oven, things happened. Oh, no. <laughs> but one half of it, amazing. Like the, the braid was very like tight mm-hmm. and nice, but the other half was a little just spread out, but did not affect the flavor at all. So that's fine. <laughs> so again, for the listeners, the longitudinally bisected 
log of dough. You know, basically, oh, thank you, Hannah. We had like a really convenient slideshow on the website. So yeah, you're then basically braiding these two long pieces of dough together. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be honest, I've never done this. Like this would stress me out. This is like the definition of like what my clumsy, savory cooks hands like just can't really do in a beautiful way. So I mean, full disclosure, you know, this would this would be a challenge for me, too. That makes me feel better, honestly. At the end of the day, what matters most is that you can share it with the people you love and that it tastes great. And according to Sam's last voice memo, she nailed it. Wow, 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 wow. My apartment smells so good right now. Um, I just took the first bite of the cardamom bun, and wow. She is not the prettiest thing I've seen, but other than that, absolutely phenomenal. Very proud. The moral of the story is that my kitchen, at the end of this, is not mayhem. So had a lot of fun and I am really tired, but it was worth it. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at podcasts at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. And here's the deal. We've had a lot of callers who are confident home cooks with highly specific, maybe even unique problems, which is great. But also, if you can't boil water, have never successfully poached an egg, are afraid to cook chicken, or if you just want to perfect your grilled cheese sandwich game, we want to hear from you, too. I really mean it when I say no problem is too small. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, the giant cardamom bun and the cocoa brioche morning buns, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit and Epicurious recipe archives on the new Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Hannah Asbring. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Jennifer Nolson and Amar Lal are our engineers. Special thanks to Jake Loomis for engineering support. Next week, how to host without spending every second in the kitchen. I love hosting dinner parties, but there's always this really tough challenge with delivering a dynamic and delicious meal because you want to spend time with your guests. Don't we look professional? Super profesh. Like, David Remnick could be hanging out outside right now, but, like, they're just going to have to wait because this is our time. Like, we get the studio. Love a fabric-covered wall. Oh, it's like luxe. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media, comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.